So uh, I know some of you uh, are on here. I've actually uh, gotten to uh, test out my new uh, uh, Camtastic app today. You got the first look at the beta, which is this right here. Which if we go in full screen mode, woo we can see me in big. You can see I didn't shave today. Um, so this is my new app, Camtastic. Uh, really cool little app. I've shown you uh, pretty much every single time, so we're not going to go into it. But uh, you know about it. Check it out. Keep your eye out for it, and uh, it's pretty cool. Um, before we start today, I actually want to want to sh show you guys something here. Let me uh, change my mic really quick. Let's, let's test this out. I can't get computer audio to work through through uh, through the stream, so we're just gonna. Here's here is my new. That's my new theme song. Pretty cool song. Uh, let me switch my mic back here. Okay. Um, pretty soon I'll figure out how to stream that onto the thing so I don't have to muck with stuff. But um, cool new theme song. If you guys like that. Hey, Cal put, uh, yep, his buddy Mark uh, is the guy who uh, composed and uh, recorded that for me. And uh, he did a great job. So, uh, um, you'll be hearing that on, as an intro to all of our videos coming up and whatnot. So, cool audio, cool flick, cool tune. Um, let's get the ball rolling here. Uh, how many people we got in the room here today? We got, I think we got like, what, seven, eight people? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. Sweet. Um, so, as I stated on Twitter, um, we are going to be going over a couple cool things today. Uh, we're going to be going over the, uh, the new Twitter stack, okay? Um, I, I got a bunch of comments on, uh, you know, from people, how, how do I do this and that, and, um, you know, how do I set up pretty URLs and so on and so forth. Okay. So we're, we're going to dive through that a little bit today. Then, uh, then after that, we're going to continue our, what we did last week and, and kind of go into some CSS, but we're going to do it in a roundabout way. I'm going to focus on strictly Safari Dev Inspector today and show you guys how to use that, how to utilize it. Um, and then uh, we'll probably pick up from there next week and do our, our last kind of CSS session. And, uh, you know, we'll review what we learned in Dev Inspector and really learn how to apply it to CSS, right? I think the Dev Inspector is a huge, great tool. Um, so uh, I think we're definitely going to have to, uh, um, to take, you know, a bulk of this session today and go through that. Uh, I think it's a very vital thing for everybody to know. Okay, um, so without further ado, let's go ahead and open up a, uh, a Rapid Weaver file here. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and, oh, oh, yeah, if you guys didn't notice my, my cool new live page, oh, you probably saw the little countdown that was on the live page, right? Um, this is, uh, it is a new stack. Um, it hasn't been released yet. It's, uh, it's just for me at this time, but uh, it does work. It's pretty cool. 
Um, so look for that in, at some point, right? It's pretty slick. Okay. Um, so Tumblr stack. Let's go ahead and just uh, I'm I'm just gonna really go off the cuff here and, and we're just gonna gonna do this. Uh, so Tumblr stack. Drag your Tumblr stack out. Blah blah blah. Boring stuff, right? Uh, we don't need to watch me all day. Okay. Let's. Um, so the Tumblr stack. Um, if you notice, you just drag it out. Okay. Um, you definitely have to put in your Tumblr ID here, which uh, by default Tumblr stack will work. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and put in mine, right? I'm going to put in Joe Workman. Okay, um, the discuss ID. Now this Tumblr ID, it's not your Tumblr, it's not the URL, right? It's just your ID. Okay, so mine is Joe Workman because it's joeworkman.tumblr.com, right? Um, then uh, your discuss ID, okay? Uh, make sure that uh, you know you put in your discuss ID if you want comments. Okay, so basically, if you put in an ID here, comments will be turned on. Um, and if you don't put in an ID in here, comments won't be turned on. So pretty simple. Um, there, you know, it's pretty much pretty logical. Uh, cache in minutes. Uh, the Tumblr cache. So the Tumblr stack um, makes an attempt to cache. All of your posts that are done. Um, so if Tumblr goes down, um, your blog won't be down. Okay, because if we were to try to fetch your blog posts every single time, um, you know, a user visited your page uh, and Tumblr was down, uh, the Tumblr stack would basically say, "Sorry, I don't have anything," and basically display nothing on your blog. And that's not too cool. Right, because as we know, Tumblr lately has been going up and down and around and around. Right, so having a, a little caching engine behind there, where it actually caches your your post for a certain amount of time, is a huge benefit. Okay, um, so again, it it does cache. This is where you can define the expiration of that cache. And let me dive a little bit into how the caching works. Uh, this is outlined in the manual, but essentially. Uh, actually, if we bring up the manual, um, just so that we can uh, we can all look at it and be on the same page. There it is. Okay. Um, okay. Limitations of the um, of the stack cache. Okay. So basically, um, the caching it does not create a cache of your Tumblr database, right? So the cache is not meant to be a full-blown database of all your Tumblr posts, okay? Um, but what it does do, if we, uh, let me bring up a window of my blog, because um, I think if I visually show you this, it'll make sense, okay? So what it, do, what it does do is it caches queries and the results of those queries, okay? So by default, when you go visit your blog page, you're basically, it's an all query, okay? So um, it's actually, I believe, I, by default, we get 50 posts, and then I keep on going, okay? But um, essentially, it's I'm, I'm creating one big cache of all posts, okay? So when you visit this page, um, every, on my blog, it's set to, I believe, 20 minutes. It, it will refresh all of the... Um, the all posts, 
okay? And basically think of it, every single query is stored in a separate file. So whenever someone visits my blog, instead of querying Tumblr every time, it brings in, it goes, I need, I need the, the, all the results for my all query. So basically it goes and it pulls the all query, okay? Now if I were to go ahead and look and drill down into a single post, this is another query, okay? So now, now I'm at a page where it's a single post, okay? So basically now I've queried Tumblr for a single post um, and basically my the Tumblr stack creates a cache file for the query of post ID 5779217372, okay? So now I have two files um, on my server that are caches. Again, it is query specific. Okay, now on my blog, I have these little links. Let's say I click on this, and as you see here, this is a, a, um, a quote. So this is basically sorting by all my quote uh, posts. So I did, another, I did another query of uh, Tumblr, give me everything that is type, that all the posts that have a type of quote. Okay, or if I click on photo, give me all the posts that have a type of photo. Okay, this is another query. This query would be then cached for 60 minutes by default or, you know, whatever you configure in the HUD. Okay, now, now let's go to the flip side. Let's say um, Tumblr's down, okay. Uh, oh, and another thing I should say is if, um, if the cache is due to be refreshed, okay, and Tumblr is down, while while the refresh is going is scheduled to take place, um, the Tumblr stack will keep its cache instead of pulling new data from Tumblr. Okay, so what I mean by is, let's say um, my the default is set to an hour. I set my cache limit to an hour, and uh, let's say Tumblr is down, and Tumblr stack goes, oh look, I'm, my cache is done. I need to go get new content, so it goes to query Tumblr. Tumblr is down. So instead of, of the, the, the stacks coming back and saying, I really don't have anything, so I don't care what the cache is, I'm just gonna display what Tumblr says. What it does is it keeps the cache. So it says Tumblr was down, uh-oh, I'm gonna keep my cache instead, okay? So there is some, some cool logic, okay? However, let's say that um, Tumblr went down, and before Tumblr went down, um, no one ever created a, a, you know, clicked on this individual post. So let's say I just posted this. No one ever went to the individual link yet. Uh, Tumblr went down, okay? Therefore, my, the stack didn't have a chance to create a cache for the, for the query for this blog post, okay? Hopefully I'm not confusing you. But because there isn't a cache for this particular query of post and then the post ID, Okay, um, this means that if the if this query were to be ran, or if, if someone were to try to open up this individual post, and Tumblr were down, um, you'd basically get an error, and the Tumblr stack would say invalid query. I I don't know what you're trying to request me. Okay, request of me. Um, I I don't have any data for you. Okay, so that is some limitations. While the caching is. Um, is cool and in probably 98% of the time it's going to be perfect and exactly what you want. There are fringe cases where um, you know it is possible while Tumblr is down 
you know, some potential queries in your blog might not work, right? Okay, so that's that. Uh, that's a note about Tumblr cache, okay? Let's go back to RapidWeaver, wherever in the world it is, there it is. Okay, so now we're back at RapidWeaver. Um, so that's cache, okay? Um, the rest of this, basically from here on down, is pretty much customizing the look and feel of your of your, of how you want your post to be done. You know, done, right? Um, and unfortunately, uh, when you when you customize a lot of these things, they don't really reflect. Um, they I try to reflect them as much as possible within edit mode. Okay, so if you notice here, drop you know show drop shadow, it definitely turns on and off the drop shadow in edit mode. Okay, enable footer color. Do you want the you know do you want the footer the footer color to be a different color than um, the the basically the text or uh, I'm sorry the body of your of your blog post. Okay, um, do you want the date on the left or on the right? Um, now, unfortunately, that this isn't going to show you in preview mode, but just to show you what it does look like is now my blog my default blog uses uh, the date um, on the right the top right. Now, if you go to my stack update blog, you'll notice that it does have a different look, and this is this is the date on the left. So, if you check this over here, date on left, you will have the date on the left of the post. Okay. Um, use black icons. That essentially changes if you if you've noticed every single post um, in true Tumblr fashion. Um, you know, shows you what type of post is it? Okay, is it a text post? Is it a photo post? Is it a link post? An audio post? A video post? Things of that nature. And these icons will change for each individual post based on the type of post it is. Okay, so you can either have you know a lighter gray or black icon. Okay, the number of posts per page. That's obvious. How many posts do you want to see per page? Okay. Um, the border radius, uh, the border radius obviously is the border radius for all four corners of your blog post. So you can go from zero, which gives you square corners, okay, all the way up to 20, which gives you pretty rounded corners, okay. Uh, and again, the border radius will be the same on all four corners of your blog post, okay. Uh, text size, this is obviously the size of the text inside the post, okay? Um, header size, this is the size, the size of the header text. Uh, date size, this is the size of the date, okay? The footer text size, how, much, how big do you want the footer text to be, okay? Um, and then these are all your colors. You know, what color do you want your header text to be? Is my little window. Oh, here it is. Other display. Okay. So if we wanted, uh, um, you know, change the header text to be, uh, here, let's just change that to blue. Okay. You can see we definitely changed the header text to blue. Uh, the footer background color. Do you want it, you know, a lighter gray, things of that nature? And again, if, if you enable, you know, footer color background, turn it on and off. Okay. 
Um, alternate border, okay? A lot of people are confused on what is the alternate border. Uh, the alternate border, if you hover over, um, you'll see that it, it is the basically the color of the border between uh, the body and the footer, okay? Um, if we look at the, um, the configuration with the date on the left, this little bar that's on top of the date, okay, it's that color. Um, and the other thing that it affects, it affects one more thing. Um, oh, quotes. So if we go to, um, go to my regular blog, and we go to quote posts, okay, the color of the quote here, okay, is the same color as the uh, that old border, okay. Um, so that is uh, what the uh, uh, the alt border is. It affects a few kind of accent borders throughout the, the throughout the stack, okay. Uh, the footer text is of course the text the color of the text in the footer. Text is the of course the color of the text within your stack, okay. Date is the color of the date, okay. Um, so. Another thing that, that can be done is uh, we definitely need, you can utilize the background color and background border, okay? So if you noticed inside, uh, inside my stack here, I have a background color for my individual post, okay? And essentially all I do is I, I set it, I give it a background color here. So you can say I want a background color and it can be wherever my color palette disappeared to. Okay, um, and then define your color here. Also border, you can give your post a border and that will create, in edit mode, it, it shows you the border around the stack. Okay, however, once you publish, that border will be on the individual blog posts. Okay, so I, it looks a little eluding, elusive inside edit mode, but if you change the border here, and same thing as background color, Okay, it will only modify the background color of the published content. Okay, or the in each individual post. So instead of it would be around every single post if you had a border or the background color only affects the background of the post. Okay, now obviously, if, if you don't want to have, um, I have a, a few questions of how do I make it so I don't want each a box around every single one of my posts. Okay, to be able to do that is basically you have a transparent background, so you have no background, uh, you have no border, okay, probably disable your footer border, disable your drop shadow, okay, and all of a sudden you now have a, a uh, you know, a style where basically every single post looks as if it's just on the page, okay, they're not, you know, styled in each individual, you know, uh, box, they'll just be inside um, you know, on, on the page, just as a, a normal, you know, paragraph text would be. Okay. Um, the last uh, thing that I'm going to review just a little bit, okay, is pretty URLs. Okay. So please, if you're going to turn on pretty URLs, you have to follow the manual to a T. Okay. Um, Another thing I should I should mention is the Tumblr stack does require PHP five. So if your host is PHP only has PHP four, you're gonna have to make sure you do have PHP five. Okay. So if you want to enable pretty URLs and what pretty URLs are, is if we look at my blog again. Okay. You'll notice that um, instead of 
normally, if we look at the query string that's here on the browser, you'll see it says jailbroken.net slash blog slash type dash quote. Okay. Now, normally, if I didn't have pretty URLs turned on, it would be this. It would be index.php question mark um, type equals quote. Okay. If we've noticed that the pretty URL looks a lot nicer, right? Um, it's it's also a little bit more search engine friendly, okay? Because uh, Google and and you know everything will source that and see uh, you know kind of a prettier URL and you know it won't ignore your query string, okay? So that's definitely a benefit, okay? Uh, you can have a nice pretty thing here. So if we see this is again for types, it's type dash quote. Um, if we wanted to see an individual blog post. Right, it's post dash and then the post ID, okay, so on and so forth. Okay, now there's a few other things. If we look at the manual, um, if you want to enable pretty URLs, you just have to check this, by the way. Um, but if we look, go ahead and look at the manual on how to turn on pretty URLs, okay, um, essentially, there's a few things you need to do uh, check the pretty URL setting inside the settings HUD, okay. Make sure that in your site set in your site setup, okay, you are set to have file links are relative to doc root. Now, when you when you set this, you're gonna have to republish all files um, for your site to work properly again. But um, you, you do have to have relative to doc root um, set up, okay, for your particular site, okay. Um, then basically, you know, you republish all files, okay, then. Uh, you're going to have to edit what's called the HT access file on your web server. Okay. And let's go ahead and, and analyze the configuration here. I give you the exact what I have on my website. This is a straight copy of the HT access configuration that I use on my web server for joeworkman.net. Okay. So if we look at, uh, let's just go ahead and bring up, um, if we bring up text edit, we'll paste this in there. And uh, let's go ahead and look at this configuration. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, add others. Okay. So if we look at this configuration here, uh, we see this first line is just a comment, uh, just to you know say that uh, you know from here on as our blog redirects. Okay. Um, first, we're, we have to tell your web server to let me make this a little bit bigger. There we go. Uh, first, we have to tell, um, you know, we have to turn on for your web server something called a read write engine. Okay. So that tells, you know, our, your web server that we're going to start redirecting some stuff dynamically. Okay. Now, everything that's bold in here, you're going to have to replace with the path of where your blog is inside. Uh, your website okay so for example um, this of course is a setup for my blog okay um, if I if you go to joeworkin.net slash blog this is the blog the settings that that does the redirect okay now what about my stack updates blog um, I'm gonna show you basically I'm gonna take this configuration and ch and modify it so that it works with this blog Okay, so slash blog slash stacks, okay, is going to be, um, you know, we want this to also use pretty URLs, 
okay? So basically I'm gonna take my, my configuration here and modify it for this new blog URL, okay? So if you look at my, my URL here, I have joeworking.net slash blog slash stacks, okay? Um, so essentially I, I need to take my root URL, which is slash blog slash stacks, okay? And then I'm going to uh, change this. So instead of slash blog, I have slash blog slash stacks slash, and then leave this the way it is. Okay, you cannot change this. It needs to stay that way, post dash with this regular expression. Okay, again, I'm just gonna go ahead and change it uh, for everything. And remember, you have to change it both places. So I'm gonna have to change it here as well. So there's two places in every single line. And also, if your page is not index.php, okay, um, by default it should be index.php, but if you've changed it to maybe um, blog.php or something of that nature, you're gonna have to change that as well. Okay, now this, this is a final, conf final configuration. You shouldn't have to change anything after this question mark. Don't touch any of that, okay? And don't touch anything that looks like this regular expression. Page dash, type dash, tag dash, um, okay? Refresh, things of that nature, okay? Just leave that as is, okay? So um, once you save this file to your web server, depending on your host, it might take some time for the configuration to be you know, reset but you should then have you know, pretty URLs working on your website, okay? So let me, let me look in the chat rooms and see if there are any, um, uh, any questions regarding Tumblr. Uh, let's see, uh, countdown doesn't show an IE8. Okay, thanks, I'll look into that. Um, discuss setup is simple as adding a username, yes. The, the discuss uh, setup for the Tumblr stack, okay, is, is as simple as entering your discuss your, uh, username. That's it, that's all you have to do. So inside the settings HUD, just type in your username and discuss integration will work, that's it, okay? Um, so, uh, so yes, that's all you have to do to enable discuss, that's it, okay? Um, any other questions on the Tumblr stack? Going, going. <laughs> uh, Tron asks, do we offer support for HT access changes? Um, no, uh, we, you know, with, with the amount of, of work, uh, I, I've given pretty, uh, pretty straightforward and direct instructions. Um, please work with your hosting company to get your HT access working properly. Okay, I've also provided in the manual, I've provided a few resources, okay, here to help you out. Okay, if you wanna do some, some different rewriting rules and stuff like that, okay. But um, we just, we don't have the, the bandwidth right now to, to really take on helping you out with, uh, with the HT access rules and customizing all these, this stuff on your, for your web host. Okay, so um, I've given as, as best instructions as I could um, and even giving you, again, the, the example configuration of what you'd need. 
Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of support, please contact your hosting company. Okay. Um, other things, if you look at the URL structure in the, in the manual, we'll show you all the various URL structures. Uh, one thing that's kind of a, a cool hidden feature of the Tumblr stack, okay, is manually refreshing it's your blog. Five okay. Um, so manually refreshing your blog. Let's say I have a, um, a blog post, okay, that I would like to um, refresh. So I post a new blog post to my blog, okay, and uh, of course Tumblr, since it caches stuff on a routine basis, okay, um, it's not going to catch my new blog post until that cache is due to refresh, okay. However, I built in a pretty cool uh, little manual refresh feature. Uh, there's a couple different ways you can do it. Um, if you have pretty URLs turned on, you could just do slash blog slash refresh, okay, and that will do it for you, okay. That's the pretty URL version. Um, the other thing is if, if you don't have pretty URLs, you just do question mark refresh equals one, okay, and that will do it for you as well. But um, uh, essentially, uh, another thing that you can do that's even you don't even have to remember URLs at all is if you leave your mouse button and hover over the bottom left-hand corner of your blog page, you will notice it now it has to be there for two and a half seconds. Okay, your mouse has to hover over the bottom left-hand corner for two and a half seconds, and a button will be shown, and then you can click that button and it will refresh your page for you. Okay, and it will get whatever new blog content you have. Okay, so uh, great feature, um, you know, so that you don't have to remember exactly what URL you need to visit and so on and so forth. Okay. Um, so now we're going to jump into the second part. I took uh, about a half hour with, with the Tumblr stack, which is what I wanted to spend. And uh, now we're going to go over um, the Safari Dev Inspector. Okay. Um, any other questions before I, I completely leave Tumblr? Okay. Um, whoops. So the Safari Dev Inspector, um, I touched base on it a little bit yesterday. Okay. And or yesterday, uh, last week in, in last week's um, cast when we went over some CSS and I showed you the Safari Dev Inspector and and whatnot. Um, but I, I'm going to go over, I didn't touch hardly any of the features of the Safari Dev Inspector, okay? And we're going to spend some time right now and just dive into that, okay? So um, to enable your Dev Inspector, basically you go to your Safari Preferences, um, and it is somewhere in here, Advanced. There, there's a... a, uh, a checkbox here in the advanced tab in your Safari preferences and you say show develop menu in menu bar okay that will enable your developer um, and dev inspector within Safari okay now within rapid weaver okay if you want to again we showed you how you can use the dev inspector within rapid weaver okay and basically for that you go to general and you say in your in your Rapid Weaver preferences, you go to uh, the general tab and say enable, enable web developer tools. Okay. 
Uh, but we're just going to stick in Safari. It's the same same thing. Um, so inside Safari, uh, if you ever want to open up your Dev Inspector, okay, you can either go uh, develop and say Show Web Inspector, okay. Or what I like to do is you just right click anywhere on the page and say Inspect Element, okay. And as I showed you yesterday, if you right click or last week, if you right click on any device or any node in your page and do Inspect Element. It takes you to that exact part of the page inside the code, okay? And if you start, you know, hovering over uh, various aspects of your page inside the source code, uh, that those particular elements are then highlighted inside your browser view, okay? Um, so very cool little feature, okay? Um, it also, if you if you select a particular device, you'll see it shows you the exact hierarchy of that um, particular node, okay, uh, inside your, um, you know, source code, okay. So things like divs and all these individual tags, I, they're called nodes, okay. So this is a node inside of your DOM, okay. The DOM is the object model or your uh, your ultimately source code that's being displayed in the browser, okay. Uh, you can also open the Dev Inspector in an, in an external window if you want. Okay, I, I personally like it inside uh, Safari, so it's nice and nice and crisp and easy to, to see. Okay, um, so this is a again this this tab here, this Elements tab, this very first tab. You'll notice that there are several other tabs along the top of the Development Inspector. Okay. Uh, the elements tab shows you the uh, the generated source code. Okay, now how this is different? If we this what you're seeing here is not necessarily if you right click and go view source. Okay, and we see the view source. Okay, when you do view source, this is the exact source that is being you know sent to your browser. Okay. What you're seeing inside the development inspector is something slightly different. Okay, let's say for example, um, I have some JavaScript on my page that injects new content onto the page. Okay, that new content that the JavaScript injects onto the page will not show up in my view source, but it will show up in the Safari Dev Inspector. Okay. Another thing, let's say I have some JavaScript that actually deletes stuff from my DOM. Okay. That if it is removed, that means it does not, it is not displayed in the browser. It will not show up in the Safari Dev Inspector, but it may show up in view source. Okay. So again, view source is basically the file that exists on your server. Okay. Um, if it's an HTML file, if it's PHP, not even going to go there. Okay, but is basically the file that is uh, the exact file that is returned to the browser. Okay, the browser then goes through and it processes all your JavaScript, uh, and then your JavaScript might potentially add or remove or modify stuff within the uh, the code. Okay, and that modified end final result is displayed here for you. Okay, 
Um, I'll, I'll come back and we'll review this uh, this little pane over here um, that we kind of went over last week. I will go over that again. Okay, but let's go let's go over some of the other tabs. The resources tab in the Safari Dev Inspector. Okay, um, it's very cool. It shows you the the total amount of time uh, that it took to to load something. Okay, um, how long we we've actually been on the page. So if we refresh my page, we'll see that it took uh, a total of 2.7 seconds for my page to load. You can, you can see exactly uh, the document took 259 milliseconds. Style sheets took 805 milliseconds. Images took 1.07 seconds. Scripts took 2.02 seconds to load. And fonts took uh, 160 milliseconds. Okay. Now, if you look, this number is constantly changing. It's because JavaScript is still running. But if you load your page, you'll see that you know initially exactly how long does it take to load certain elements on your page. Okay. Now, if you look, we can show you can display this graph by time or by size. So you can see exactly my page is 71k. Okay. How much is my scripts? How much? How much is images? How much is style sheets? So on and so forth. Now some of this is actually a little bit smaller than you, than you would expect and that's mostly because my browser has cached um, images. It's cached images, it might have cached some style sheets and whatnot, okay? So if you wanted, I could do develop, uh, in develop menu for um, Safari, you could say disable cache, things of that nature. So you can disable your cache, uh, refresh your page and see exactly for a new user on the page, um, how long would it take for that to load, okay? Um, so it even drills down a little bit farther. You can see each individual. Oops. Uh, you can see each individual file and whatnot. How the size of that file, uh, what was loaded, what took the longest to load. Okay, if we do time. Okay, which file here took the longest to load? Uh, when did it load? Things of that nature. Okay. So this is this is a great little tool that I use from time to time. It's also a great way to see. Uh, dwindle down if we notice at the top we have all you can go documents you can see all style sheets images scripts on the page fonts on the page so on and so forth so I use this a lot if I want to see all the style sheets that are loaded on a page you can easily go resources uh, limit the view by style sheets then you can quickly go and see what's this style sheet okay what's this style sheet uh, what is this style sheet? So on and so forth. So it's a great way of viewing, um, you know, style sheets that are used. Same thing with scripts. Okay, you can see all the JavaScript that's all the JavaScript that's loaded on the, loaded on the page. You can see exactly the contents of that JavaScript. Okay, so if you notice here, this is uh, my Cycler stack right here inside the JavaScript file, uh, at least part of my Cycler scripts, right? So uh, images, you can see all the images that are loaded on the page. Uh, you can actually see them. Okay. So again, great tool. Uh, this is the resources tab. The next tab is a scripts tag tab, which um, is very similar to resources. Actually, it's just a way of viewing all of your scripts. Okay, via a little drop-down menu. Okay, it's just a different way of targeting just scripts. Okay. Um, Timeline. Um, to be honest with you, I don't use timeline very often. Um, 
I'm thinking that this uh, you can set it up to record and as your web page loads and over time you can see um, you know how things are I think you click on this little record button um, you know you can record what everything's doing at what point what's it what exactly is it doing you will see that that you know rendering is changing the layout it's changing the paint to stuff how long is that taking right um, I guess quasi interesting um, I but again I don't really use this timeline tab very much okay so we can turn that off profiles this is a um, you know Another thing that I don't commonly use too much, this is where you can see um, kind of how much CPU is a, is a particular web page, uh, you know, doing. So um, you can record something um, by clicking the little record button at the bottom. You can say stop profiling my page and then you can easily view the profile, how much CPU was done, how many calls to that script were made, so on and so forth. Uh, again, that takes you know uh, it's pretty techy stuff I hardly ever use it okay um, storage if you want to see if, if a cookie if a cookie's been used on this page or maybe some databases were used on this page connections and whatnot um, HTML5 storage they'll show up here okay and finally the last um, uh, the last pane is the console and the console is basically the JavaScript console. So if you have a, a, a JavaScript error on your page, okay, it'll it'll display be displayed here, okay, or any warnings with the page, maybe a 404 error because uh, an image isn't there any longer, or so on and so forth, okay. I do use the console a lot, okay. Uh, mostly I use it when I'm developing something myself, and you can actually you know purposely print stuff to the console log. Um, you know very convenient things okay but um, uh, console log resources and elements I think those are the probably the most useful elements within the Safari development inspector okay um, and uh, I kind of showed you how I use them uh, next thing that I, I'm gonna jump into um, and I'm gonna this is serve as a primer for next week's uh, when we dive into CSS okay um, and basically, I want to teach you how um, to utilize this elements window properly, okay? To find exactly the element that, that you want on the page, um, to maybe, you know, tweak some, you know, some styles in line to kind of test around and play with ideas. Um, and again, you can do this all within RapidWeaver as well, okay? Um, what's the optimum? Um, look, at, I'm seeing some questions. At what point should time or size resources become a concern? Um, you know, it time and size. It it really depends. Um, I mean, you're not going to want you know five megabyte files, right? Um, you know, I, I think uh, you know, and again, it depends on the device. It depends, you know, so. It, I have a rather fast internet connection on my uh, here, so uh, things are going to load pretty darn fast. Okay, but um, you know, someone who has a dial-up connection or who lives in rural England, okay, um, and has you know really slow two megabit line or something like that, or maybe even dial-up. Okay, or if your web page is loaded via an iPhone 3G, right, over the 3G network, um, it's going to load a lot slower. Okay, so. Um, are there any best practices? 
No, uh, I, I, I just say have common sense, okay? Um, you don't wanna have, you know, two megabyte images on your web page. Okay, unless maybe you know the you, you're a wedding photographer and you know you want them to be able to see a, an extremely high res version of a, of a sample image or something like that. I don't know, right? But um, you know, in 99.9% .9 of the cases, you're going to want to make sure your images are small, okay, um, as small as they can without compromising quality, okay. Um, you know, if you look at some of my my file sizes here. All right. I mean, we'll see that this is this particular file is. Uh, it doesn't even say the size. Okay. Um, oh, here it's it's one k, right? Actually, no. It's it's been cached. That's why it's so small. All right. Let me. Uh, Safari, empty cache. Empty cache. Okay. Let's go ahead and refresh this page. Cache, refresh my page again. Hmm. Well, it was not showing me all the sizes. It's still loading these cached images, um, but. Again, it's just common sense. I, I think you know. It, right now, I, I think it, it is. You know, if someone a user is going to be visiting your page, the browser will cache stuff, which is nice, right? It'll it'll cache JavaScript files, it'll cache CSS files, it'll cache um, images. Okay, so um, that's great. But I, I think it is important, you know, that uh, you know you do want to keep things as compressed as possible, and again, make images as small as possible uh, without reducing quality. Okay. Um, so sorry if I danced around that a little bit. <laughs> I, someone asked me if I can make a common sense stack. Uh, <laughs> funny. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back into this elements um, because I, I spend a lot of time in here um, and I think it's I think it's very important. Okay. Um, again, this is your your HTML tree of your finished product that is displayed to the web browser okay uh, you can highlight any particular div okay or node as I call it and it will then be uh, highlighted actively inside your browser window okay whenever you highlight something over here okay in in this view uh, you can easily go and see the styles okay uh, and I'll we'll dive into this a little bit in a second Okay, you can see the metrics, okay, which again are uh, how big is it, okay, so width times height, okay, um, then up before that is padding, okay, so outside of that is padding, this particular uh, has a zero padding, so you see dashes, outside of that is a border, um, this particular node has zero border, so we see that it, there are dashes there, it has zero, the next is margin. Now we do see that uh, it does have a, a defined margin, has a, a top margin of 10, a bottom margin of 15, and a left and right margins of 5. 
Next is properties. Uh, this kind of, to be honest with you, I don't even think I've ever actually looked at these properties. Uh, this kind of goes into uh, some really, really, really techy stuff. Um, okay. Um, I, I would say you, you can probably safely ignore this. I see what it is, but um, uh, you can probably safely ignore this. In my two years of using Dev Inspector, I've never gone into here. Okay, so uh, a lot of this stuff is JavaScript stuff that, uh, as you see, prototypes used. You know, it's set, and it, you know, it's a lot of, you know, what's your class name? Um, you know, base. You know, stuff you probably not going to have to use very often. So we could probably ignore that. Event listeners. Um, this is if it uh, there is a, a JavaScript event listener. Um, you know, tied to that particular node, you can see that. Okay. Um, but we're going to spend most of our time in metrics, okay, which is very simple. Uh, we have, again, width and height, padding, border, and margins, okay? You can, you can tweak this in line. So if I wanted to start adding a border around here, I can say put a three-pixel border. Oops. Oops. Or fine, let's add padding. Let's add three-pixel padding. And if we notice that I added a padding error, let's do something really drastic, um, 30, okay? We'll see that I've, I've now added a, a really, really big 30 pixel padding to the top of this, you know, H3 tag, okay? Uh, so this is quite nice if you wanna play around with positioning and, you know, uh, moving stuff around a little bit or, you know, giving slightly larger gaps between particular, you know, nodes. Okay, you can play with the padding and or margins um, on a particular node, okay? Then you, you, once you have it the way you want, you then take those settings and put them in a CSS file, okay? And we'll dive into the CSS file uh, next week and kind of, you know, dive into that. But right now we're just gonna, you know, focus right here on the Dev Inspector, okay? Next is, uh, let's dive into the styles. Okay, so I'm gonna take some time to actually go ahead and collapse all of these, okay? So uh, at the very top is computed style. Computed style means um, this is the, after we've taken all of the CSS that has been on this page and you know even applied defaults to it, okay? Uh, what is the ultimate computed final style for this particular node? Okay, so if we highlight it, we see that this is, uh, you know, um, a border of zero. Um, it has, you know, color. Here's my font color, display block. Here's my font family. Okay, um, here's the font size, the font style, font weight is bold, um, the height is 20 pixels. Uh, line height is 20 pixels. Here's my margins, okay? The actual margin settings, the CSS settings, exactly as we saw inside the metrics box, okay? Uh, you also have uh, outline color, potentially. We have outline styles, none, so you're not noticing that, right? Um, now, there's another thing here. This is all, basically, everything that deviates from the default, okay? If we say show inherited, it's going to show you every possible CSS attribute and its potential value 
on that particular node. Okay. Now, if you've noticed, uh, pretty much everything that showed up after I clicked that check mark, if we make this a little bit bigger here. Okay, is semi grayed out. Okay, so you'll see that that's basically the default value that was inherited from you know the the body of the you know of HTML. Okay, um, and it's basically you know graded out its default. Okay, everything that is not is basically has a setting that overrides the potential defaults. Okay, that has been actually defined. Okay, now. <clears throat> If you notice, we can't actually change the values uh, inside computed style. So if I wanted to play around and say I want to change my text color, I can't do that here. Okay. What I'm going to have to do is find where it's defined, where color blah 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 is defined inside these blue boxes below. Okay. So basically, um, this style and this is the hierarchy of things. So. Uh, if we worked from the bottom up, okay, in these blue boxes, that's how the CSS was applied, okay. So the style attribute is basically things that are that are styled directly in that node, okay. Um, then it, after that, it was from H3 Overview, and you can even see the file and the line number in that file that that was um, put into. Okay, so we see that uh, the H3 overview where this margin is, these margins are set, is set in the homepage.css file in line 18. And you can even click on that and it'll take you exactly to that line. Okay, now if you wanted to modify that, you can actually, now you can go ahead and modify this stuff. Okay, so if I wanted to go ahead and play around and say I want 10 pixels everywhere, you can change that, hit enter, and then your, your, your custom style is then in reflected dynamically inside the browser window. Okay. Um, and you can just keep going down the tree till you find the exact uh, CSS, CSS setting that you want. Okay. Now, if you see a setting that is crossed out like this, okay, it's because it is overridden higher up the food chain. So font size here is crossed out because it's being overridden by this font size setting here. Okay, so inside the consolidated screen CSS file, which is a, a CSS file I know that comes with the theme, is overridden by my joeworkman.css file um, that I've defined inside my header file. Okay. Um, so this allows you to see the hierarchy of, of CSS, what is overriding what, and again, it allows you to change things dynamically. Uh, and again, if you change something here, it only changes it for this session. So if I were to give this a padding left of 100 pixels, okay, then I refresh my page, everything goes back to the way it was before I made any changes at all. Okay, and that's awesome because it gives you a dummy proof way of modifying and testing and playing around with your with your site without actually changing anything. You have no potential way of breaking your site by playing with it inside the Safari Dev Inspector. Okay, um, and that about wraps up. Any questions about Safari Dev Inspector? We only have a couple minutes, but I'm happy to keep on going. Uh, if you guys want to talk a little bit more.
Sweet. Okay, everybody. Um, I'm going to call a bit of sadu. And until next time, uh, on Friday, uh, we'll be going over... I don't know yet. <laughs> um, keep your topic ideas coming. So if you have any ideas for topics, please let me know. Um, and uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll do them right now, live. So uh, thank you very much for attending, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. And uh, with that, let's uh, exit with some music.